I want to take a minute to tell you about Federal Access. Federal Access is our coaching and training platform that we develop for government contractors. The resources in Federal Access have helped our clients win over $13.6 billion in government contracts. When you become a member, you're going to get access to hundreds of documents, templates, training videos, on-demand webinars, and you get SME support from me. So if you have a question, you can email me directly anytime. Here's a special offer for Game Changers listeners. Visit federal-access.com forward slash Game Changers today and get started for just $29. That's federal-access.com forward slash Game Changers to get started for just $29. Now let's get into this episode. Welcome to Game Changers for Government Contractors. Game Changers is dedicated to helping you position for and win more government contracts. And now your hosts, Josh and Mike. Hey everybody, Mike Lejeune here with Game Changers for Government Contractors, and I've got one of our coaches, Rich, on here with me today. Rich, before we jump in and talk GSA, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what you do? Okay, so um, gosh, this journey started, I'd say, about 18 years ago, where our company was looking into doing some work with a VA, and we were successful in winning a government contract. Wouldn't necessarily recommend the path we took, but that's a whole other podcast. So we won't go into that, but we were successful in winning up to, I think, nine government contracts with the VA. We were successfully acquired by another company at the end of 2012, worked with that company for a few years in government contracting, but then decided that uh, I may be more helpful in helping other companies win their first government contract or help them win subsequent government contracts. I would say a lot of people have a similar intro that you just gave of, I would not recommend you do it the way we did. For us, even though we were successful early on, it was still so much just stumbling and fumbling around and trying to figure it out because 20 years ago when I got in the business, there weren't books and roadmaps and all these things. There weren't webinars. There was none of that stuff. You really did have to learn it all on your own. We've come a long way in in 20 years on this stuff. And as you said, you know, at the beginning, and I think I said it as well, you know, you're a certified coach with our So you do some coaching on your own. You do some coaching of our clients. And so we're really happy to have you on board doing that. Today, we're going to talk about one of your specialties. And that is for all these people that have a GSA schedule and are frustrated because the money hasn't started just raining down from the heavens. We're going to talk a little bit about how to actually get those contracts on GSA. So I don't know if there's an opening salvo you want to throw out there on this, but you know, this is such an interesting topic because so many companies never win a contract through the GSA schedule. So what what are your opening thoughts on that one? Well, I think even though, I mean, we really want to discuss how to have current GSA schedule holders become successful, we got to start at the beginning. And that is, yeah. you know, right now as, well, as of FY21, so we're talking October 2020 through September of 21, there were over 13,000 MAS contract holders. And as I'm sure, I mean, some people know, some people don't, companies have to maintain for the first two years of their of their awarded contract, a $25,000 sales quota, and then subsequent years, years, not two-year periods, years after that, they have to make over $25,000 worth of sales. I did a little research and of those 13,000 contract holders, 7,603 to be exact, did not meet their quota, did not reach 25,000. Even more sobering, 6,285 of those never sold a penny. That's horrible. 
that's horrible you know but yet i guarantee you out of those six thousand whatever that never sold a penny i guarantee you some of those people are listening today and go yep i'm in that bucket exactly and i think that there's a a few things that i I would call them misnomers and one of them is if you want to be successful in the government contracting arena you have to have a gsa schedule well i'm going to tell you that is not true that is just not true our company was able to win over 80 million dollars worth of government contracts when we were in business, we did not have a GSA schedule. We had no mm-hmm. GSA schedule. I think the first, I think we said one time, maybe we should look into a GSA schedule. And that's as far as we got. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't never looked at it again. You don't need one to be successful. And I think that's the first thing you have to think about. Your consultants, your groups out there that sell that the GSA schedule is the way to go. They'll say, you know, $39 billion worth of goods and services were bought on the GSA schedule last year. They're absolutely right. It is a very uh, good tool for procuring some products and services in some cases, but it's not the it's not the only thing. It's not the only way you can mm-hmm. sell in most cases. You know, in my own experience, companies that decide to obtain a GSA schedule, they don't realize it's just the license to hunt. You still got to hunt. There's only been one company that I've come across that has submitted their GSA schedule, never done a thing and made $300,000 a year. There's only one and mm-hmm. they are the outlier. I think their reason is because they, they sell a commodity. They make sure they're the lowest price and they have good internet marketing. They're the not liars. Yeah. I would not I would not suggest other people do the same thing. Yeah, no. I I agree and you know, I get people probably 5 6 sometimes 10 times a month reach out to me and say, "Mike, I need your help getting a GSA schedule." And the first thing I do when I get on that phone call with them is say, "So, tell me about your customer. Who buys what you sell?" That's literally always you know that. It's always my first question. Who buys what you sell? They usually say, I don't know. My follow-up is, well, then how do you know they buy on GSA? And that's usually like we're two questions in and they're like, um, is GSA the right the right thing? And right, I'm like, right. I don't know if GSA is right for you because we don't know who buys what you sell. And my favorite backup question is, we don't know how they buy what you sell because what if you're trying to sell to an organization and we determine that they buy your stuff on NASA Soup or Oasis or 8 A Stars or... Fill in the blank. That's the contract vehicle you need, not GSA, right? Right. And and so to me, the big thing is before you even get it, before you make sure you're going to go down that road, is this how your customers are buying? That's just the thing. Like, you know, if, if you look at companies like McDonald's, they don't sit there and go, well, you know, what's the best real estate in town for a skyscraper? And let me put our store on like the 35th floor because it's the best real estate. They're like, what's the best place for somebody to drive through? Like they they looked at their, their market and go, my market drives through. They don't go into a building and go to the 35th floor. You know, that's just not mm-hmm. how it is. They're, we're not a law firm, right? I think people look at it and go, well, that's just the best building in town. That's I should be mm-hmm. in there, right? Mm-hmm. GSA is just the best game in town. Not to, you know, downplay or make GSA out to be this bad thing because I do think it's really good. And I think that's where the, the flip side of this podcast is if you have it and you can't figure out how how to leverage it? How do we do that? So like, where's the starting point for the company who does have it? And I'm going to put this caveat in. They're actually supposed to have it. Whether they knew that or not, they actually, mm-hmm. their customers are actually buying on GSA, but they can't figure out why they're not buying from them on GSA. What is the, like the, 
two or three step roadmap that they need to be looking at in order to make their GSA schedule actually work for them. This may be obvious to some seasoned GSA schedule holders, but you'd be surprised. So I did a little bit of research on, and on June, I just picked a random, random date. On June 16th of this year, the GSA awarded eight scheduled contracts. So that means that eight people got their, you want to call it awarded, approved. Basically, they received their GSA scheduled contract. Of those, three of them still have not uploaded their catalog. Okay. So look, I'm not trying to pick on them. I'm not trying to say how incompetent or whatever. Here's the deal. If they worked with a company that their job was just to get them to schedule, they're not going to know what the next step is. And they may not even know really what the next step is. I had a client that had a GSA schedule for over a year and did not have any have a catalog uploaded. Well, that does two things. One, the government, you know, government buyers can't figure out what you sell, you know, if they're seeking you out doing their market research. But more importantly, you don't have access to GSA eBuy, which is which is another area. Again, it's not a strategy, it's a tool just like searching for opportunities on SAM. This is GSA's own SAM for GSA schedule holders only to seek out opportunities and to bid on them. You have no idea what's, you know, you couldn't even see what's out there because you have no visibility to it. Hmm. So the first thing I'd say is, have you done all your sales reporting? Have you done your sales reporting? Because if you haven't, you're not in compliance. Have you done any, have you done your mass mods? This sounds like, or seriously, Rich? I mean, no, but seriously, this is where we are. This is where I've been with clients and just because they don't know. And then once we get all the administrative stuff squared away, first thing I say is, okay, now we need to go deep dive. We need to figure out, go back to who buys what you sell, but we need to get more specific and we need to see, okay, these people are buying on GSA. What are these contracts? When do they expire? How do we make a strategy of reaching out to these people to engage them in the, pro in the pre-acquisition process to position ourselves for the acquisition process. That would be like the, I would call it the three-legged stool of mm. where I would go with that. You gotta make sure all your ducks in a row first. You gotta make sure you're, you're compliant. Then you got to make sure the second part, I, I may have, I may have not said this, but got to make sure all your pricing's up to date. If your pricing's old and stinky, you know, use that opportunity to update your pricing, update your catalog. You know, these are all things that, that you should, that should be done anyway. Yeah. And then once you got your own house in order, then you can go out and start looking at that propensity data again, but taking a deeper dive, not just about what contracting offices buy, but what are the individual opportunities and who are these contracting officers? Yeah, no, that that's really good advice. And I, I think that is like the three steps there, you know, and talking about the administrative stuff, it's so easy to gloss over that and think I've got my GSA schedule. I'm done to not put in the catalog. You know, that's the SIP upload of, of all the stuff, right? So you go past all of those things and look at pricing. We were looking at a client the other day where we had somebody that said, Hey, I'm trying to figure out what my pricing should be. And like, Oh, let's pull up somebody's GSA. And you would know this would happen on the first one you pull up. The first person we pulled up their GSA schedule had renewed and it was through like 2025 or 2027 or whatever it was. When we started looking at the actual pricing, it was good through 2020. Right. And, and we're in 2022 looking at this. It's literally, it's good through 2020. It's 2022 and they haven't updated this. And I won't say the name of the company because it's a major defense contract. Like if I said the name of the company, literally everyone on the podcast would be like, no way, no way. But it's a major defense contract. 
contractor and none of their pricing has been updated in two years, even though their GSA has been updated. So all that pricing's old, you know, the, the person I was working with was like, what does this mean? I'm like, they haven't updated their price. You know, I'd say if you're doing 2020, you're doing pretty darn good. I mean, we did a, we did a, some research a couple of weeks ago and I seriously was looking at pricing from 2013. Wow. 2013. The other part of this is too, is where are these, you know, where's the government making sure that they follow this too? I mean, that's another side of it, but that's, I mean, yeah. you know, we only can focus on the things we can control, right, right. but yeah. So, you know, I just encourage our clients to be the ones that do have the stuff up to date yeah. to be, you know, to be on top of it. And it takes, it takes an effort, but frankly, I mean, you know, my managing tool for that is my Google calendar. So you just, you know, you put in, mm -hmm. okay, this is due, you know, whether it's your, for your large businesses, it's your sub, you know, your subcontracting numbers, or, you know, if you're a small business, you still need to do your sales. Even if you have zero, you still got to do your sales. You got to, you know, you got to uh, tackle that SIP thing that it, there, I've never seen something more intimidating, hmm. but it's doable and it works. Yeah. And I, and I, I will hats off to the GSA help desk. When I've had problems, they've helped me. They haven't just punted. So, you know, Good job, guys. Yeah, yeah. I got one of our guys, Jonathan, that does GSA stuff. He uh, he's actually got an old laptop with like Windows ninety five on it or something. And right, he, right. And, and he's like, "That's how we do the SIP upload because of the way how messed up it is." And mm -hmm. we've got a template on there, and it's on Windows ninety five, and it works flawlessly. But if you put it on like newer Windows, it's like oh, absolutely, just, uh, you know, completely yeah. silly. I'm a Mac guy. So I have to run a virtual instance of Windows. Now we're getting real like IT. Here, yeah, real techy. No, we, we run, you know, we run a virtual instance of Windows to to do that work because you know there, there's no there's no SIP in a Mac world. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. It's so, not going to happen. So assume now that I've got I've done some research, I am you know, all of my administrative stuff is up to date. What is really like now probably holding me back? If I've got my GSA schedule consistency, are you going to stay consistent with it? You know, we've mapped out what contracting officers you need to be talking to, what agencies you need to be talking to. I mean, we all have, I mean, most of us are on LinkedIn, so we can use that search tool to try to find folks that are at those agencies, start making some phone calls, sending mm -hmm. some emails. It's consistency. And I've even been, you know, there's there's times where, you know, I haven't been as consistent as I would like in previous projects, you know, 20 years ago, you know, when I was a young buck, but you can't say, well, I've done that or I've tried that once and it didn't work. And, well, it takes multiple times. And you also got to figure out too, at least in my experience, you got to figure out too when to cut bait, right? So you get the guy on the phone or you get the lady on the phone that says, you know, you have the contracting officer. Well, I don't know what, what opportunities are coming up. I don't know that until they give them to me. Or you, you need to talk to the service or you need to talk to the program manager. You need to talk to the agency. Then you talk to the agency. Well, I can't buy anything. You know, you're getting that pushback. It's just not time for them. So maybe it's time to move on to somebody else and be there, you know, Put them in a, in a tickler file, check in with them every quarter or whatever, but don't try to turn a, that, those to me are solid no's. They're just, mm -hmm. they're ways of deflecting. Um, right, right. Don't go that way, go another way. There's multiple agencies that buy, you know, what people sell. 
Right. There's multiple um, customers. So look for a customer that's going to buy from you. And I think there's a really good balance between beating your head against the wall for no Mm -hmm. reason and then not trying. There's so many people that are like, well, I've tried that before. And I'm like, how many times? And I'm like, once. I've sent three emails. You know, like, have you ever called them? Have you ever gone up up the food chain, down the food chain, sideways, whatever? No, 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 no. Because it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And I'm like, it doesn't work if you don't try it, right? It doesn't work if you only do it once or twice or three times. It takes time. Here's the really cool thing. If you wind up in a situation and you are beating your head against the wall for days, weeks, months, guess what? All of those people switch. They all, they're all going to switch around. So whether it's the, a new administration comes in to the White House or Congress or whatever, they're going to switch. And so that's when you go back. But there's so many people, hundreds of thousands of people you could be talking to right. to just only call like on five customers. And that that's the thing for me. And the, the other thing is I was talking with a client yesterday and they're like, we're being really successful in this organization. And I said, so great. What are your next steps? Deer in the headlights. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so your next step is to keep talking to them. Why have you stopped talking to them? Reengage, you know, continue. If they will go to lunch with you, if they will have a conversation with you, keep engaging them. Don't just let it drop off now that you've won a couple of contracts. Cause I, I think that that happens yeah. a lot too, where people are like, I've won. Now it's time to go fish in another lake. Like, no, the fish are biting in this lake. Keep keep fishing, right? right? To me, that's one of the big things where people just like, they totally dismiss continuing to talk to people that are having good conversations with them and like Mm -hmm. moving the ball down. Because I'm like, guess what? Now that you solve that problem, they've got three more. Why don't don't you help solve those or start looking at the next one or whatever it may be? And to go back to younger version of myself that brought up the GSA schedule, one of the, you know, we worked in outpatient clinics for the VA. So we had to run them soup to nuts. So not just staffing or leasing or whatever. We had to lease it, staff it, equip it, everything. And if I was a, if I was a, a smarter businessman back then, a GSA schedule might've been a really good thing for us because there were multiple times where the VAs were coming to us and saying, do you have somebody who can cover shifts in our ER or can, can cover these? We're understaffed and we can't get staff. And look what we have. We have a bank of physicians, nurses, nurse practitioners that are already credentialed in the VA, can give veterans care, not have to jump through any hoops. And we could have sold that to them. But even we did not cross sell as much as we should have. You know, we kind of stayed in our lane. And in that case, we maybe we shouldn't have stayed in our lane. I don't know. We'll never know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I think uh, that's the other thing is as you learn stuff in in government contracting, you know, you're probably going to shake your head at yourself a lot. And there's so many times like, man, if we'd have known this, if we'd have known that, well, now you know. Now mm-hmm. that you know, you can either you know be upset with yourself or you can take action on it. And that to me is like, it's time to take action. Let's go back. Because people are like, well, I've already made a bad impression. No, you haven't. Look, they talked to hundreds of thousands of people. The likelihood of them even remembering your bad impression, unless it was like the catastrophic, like number one worst impression in the world, they're not going to remember your bad day that you had. And it's probably not as bad as you think it is. You probably said some things and stumbled and they probably totally forgot who who you were. Now's the opportunity to go implement these new strategies and actually make some headway in the organization. So, so Rich, any final thoughts for folks on if, if you've got a GSA schedule and you're frustrated and you're trying to turn that around, any final thoughts for people that we maybe haven't covered or like the one thing you want to leave them with today? Two small ones. One, 
the difference between um, a successful GSA schedule and an unsuccessful GSA schedule is a strategy. I guess three, two, consistency, but three, give yourself some grace. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, don't beat yourself up because mm. this is where you are. And like, we spent thousands of dollars to get this GSA schedule, time, money, and we got a big goose egg. It still can be turned around. Yeah. So yeah, really use good. this opportunity to uh, just learn. Yeah. And, and know this, okay, so we're, we're not gonna let this happen again. Yeah. Uh, but don't, I mean, we had, I had a client that, you know, they asked me to do some propensity. They got a schedule, had no idea what to do, did some propensity work for them. They decided to fold. Mm. We should have had this. I said, I wish I would have had this conversation with you before you got the schedule. Yeah. Would have saved you a lot of time and money. Yeah. But, you know, here, but here we are. It's, you know. it's time to learn from it and move on. I, right. I like that number three, giving yourself some grace on this stuff because, you know, I had a client the other day that was in like year seven of their 8A and she's like, I haven't used it. it it's been just this thing that it's this monkey on her back really where she's like, man, I'm just so upset with myself. And I said, look, at the end of the day, this thing was going away anyway. It's going away anyway. Mm -hmm. So regardless of whether you use it these next two years or not, you've still got to grow your business. So we can sit here and be upset about it or we can just look at now you know all these new things let's try to implement as much as we can and look we're going to do everything we can to take advantage of the next two years but look you you're, you're going to have to grow past this anyway so let's not worry about it you know don't you've learned so much over the last year don't even worry about that it just it it is what it is you know life will go on you know mm -hmm. and and we just have to be a little bit softer on ourselves sometimes because i exactly. do think i think we're just too hard on ourselves so i agree no uh, all I good, agree. all good stuff, man. I really appreciate you coming on and talking about this, and uh, we'll have to do it again soon. Sounds great. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for listening to Game Changers for Government Contractors. For a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com/gamechangers.